Hello, welcome to Wide Left Sports. Today I am joined by former, former Lady Grizz basketball player and owner of Failer Gym, Alyssa, Alisa Failer. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Doing really good, really good. So my first question is kind of always the same, and we kind of alluded to this talking before, but what made you fall in love with basketball? Um, I would just say I love the, um, I love the competitive piece. I love, I, I always love, uh, a challenge. And so just always challenging myself to want to get better and seeing the results of hard work, I think is probably what ultimately made me fall in love, in love with the game, other than just growing up in a gym with my family. Awesome. So then, you know, you had the opportunity to play with the Lady Grizz. So what was your recruitment process like? I know you're from the Seattle area. So what was that like being in such a metro area? All of that. Yeah, well, I mean, I would say, I mean, I, I feel pretty fortunate and lucky to have had the opportunity to travel and play in front of, you know, just play in a, a variety of exposure events and starting that at a young age definitely gave me a little bit more of an advantage. Um, but I, you know, I think one thing I had a great, I had some great mentors that also kind of just put it implanted in my head or, you know, early on that if it's something I want to do, then make the recruiting process, you know, more of an interview process for yourself and find a school that's the best fit for you academically, athletically, socially, um, you know, geographically. And I feel like, um, you know, just starting that at a younger age and playing with some very talented players at a young age certainly helped that process for me. Um, I was kind of able to narrow it down and um, I had quite a few offers on the table, I think between 25 and 30 full ride offers. And so um, with those, you know, opportunities, it, it definitely gave me a chance to look into, okay, well, what do they offer academically? Do I want to go to California or not? Like exploring some of those options. And, um, you know, I was also, I, I also tried to take some visits, you know, when we were traveling for basketball, just kind of trying to take a mental note. Okay. Well, would I want to be, would I want to be here for the next mm -hmm. four years? And so, um, I think that, uh, yeah, I guess hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> it does. Yeah. So, um, so the AAU circuit is obviously something I think from your answer there that you participated in and were a part of. So how do you think that helps athletes get to the next level? Well, I certainly think that, you know, if, if you're not playing in exposure events or playing on a travel ball team, it's a lot more difficult to get your name out there and to be seen. Um, I mean, there's a lot of, and I know you just did an interview with Linda um, yeah. last week, but, you know, there's, she's been doing an incredible service for Montana kids, getting, you know, giving them some film and giving them the guidance that they need to get their name out there and um, just working on correspondence and developing a relationship with the coaching staff. But um, I, I think that it's possible to play at the next level, not playing travel ball. And I think that's an important piece for people to understand as long as their kid is willing to, you know, go the, do the extra, you know, go the extra mile and put in extra effort because it's harder if you're not playing and where they can see you. Um, and I think part of that is, is now I always tell this to, you know, I do coach a team in the spring and the summer. And so, 
you know, when people are deciding to play, you know, a lot of these college programs, they're in season when high school kids are in their high school season too. And so it's not their biggest recruiting season. You know, as soon as their season's over, then these coaches are going to be on the lookout for, you know, potential college athletes and recruits. And so I think that that's, you know, something that a lot of people don't really think about, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that, you know, I certainly, I think, and I guess, you know, the other thing is, is it's a, it's a big commitment time-wise and financially for families to commit to a travel ball team. Right. And so, um, you know, I think that it's important for people to know that, yeah, it's, it's possible to get recruited by not, but I would say it's a lot harder to play at a division one level, you know, if you're not playing in a travel ball team, for sure. For sure. So, so I want to go back to your college days. Cause I kind of just went zoomed right past that. But, yeah. um, what was it like to, um, you know, one play for the lady Grizz and two have just an absolute legend of a coach in coach. Selvig. Yeah. Well, that's a great question. Um, so I was, I think I got my first letter from the University of Montana, either in the eighth grade or as a freshman. Um, I played up on a high school team that had uh, some very talented players on it. And so, you know, the coaches that were coming to recruit those players um, saw, you know, a younger player like myself who had potential. And so, you know, I think just getting a following early on was cool. But um, where I was going with that is as a sophomore, um, when they gave, when they offered me, my dad and I actually drove over here to Missoula to watch the Big Sky Tournament, um, which was hosted at uh, in the Adam Center. Mm-hmm. And I remember, uh, you know, just kind of walking through the Hall of Fame, meeting the coaching staff, um, checking out the campus. And on our way home, the coaching staff had given me kind of this brochure. And I didn't realize, you know, prior to that visit, what a successful program University of Montana was. And I think that, you know, just for a young minded high school, you know, girl like myself, it was kind of like, well, yeah, let's go check out Montana. And the other thing I should mention is my mom actually grew up in Butte. And so I have like some Montana ties and we'd been here before and, but really like playing in Montana, it wasn't incredibly, um, I don't know, striking until leaving that tournament and recognizing, wow, they have an amazing fan base. Um, this coach is amazing. He had, he's incredibly successful. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, you know, leaving after that unofficial visit, I definitely left feeling very, um, excited and, uh, honored that they were considering me to be a part of this program. And so, um, you know, I think that, that was certainly the first, you know, the, the, that was the first time that I was like, this is a big deal. And this is definitely a school that I want to keep close and um, just kind of continue to see how I feel about it, you know, as the recruiting process continues. For sure. So then a couple follow-ups with that is, um, one, what was your favorite memory of playing with the Grizz? And then what were those Grizz-Cat rivalry games like as a player? Yeah, um, I think my favorite, I mean, I have a couple of favorite memories. I mean, definitely playing in the NCAA tournament twice, you know, once as a sophomore, once as a senior was certainly the highlights. Um, but I think one of like the most memorable um, experience I have is just winning the Big Sky tournament at home as a sophomore. And 
um, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, and I have this amazing picture that captures it perfectly, but just all the, the confetti that was coming down from the ceiling right after we won. And that was, I mean, that's just a really, um, you know, a once in a lifetime experience for a lot of players. And so I really, I cherish that, you know, that moment. Um, but yeah, the Cat Grizz games, I mean, I think, you know, I certainly knew coming in as a freshman that I was playing for this, this program that was um, just highly, uh, just a high level program um, playing for Rob, but I don't think that I fully understood or grasped what a Cat Grizz game was like until Cat Grizz week, you know, as a freshman. And it was kind of like, okay, whoa, this is a big deal. This is, or and honestly, maybe, you know, you kind of get an idea of it during football season. Um, but, uh, so I guess I had a little bit of a, a warning or a heads up, but, um, it's, it's exciting. I mean, it's, it's every game in Dahlberg arena was, was fun. The fan base was always super supportive. And, um, I, I mean, I loved playing at home, but I think just knowing that there's this rivalry and this competitiveness and, um, having teammates that played with, you know, girls on that team. And, um, it just adds another component and, mm-hmm. um, there's not, I mean, it was just, you just wanted to win. I mean, more than you wanted to win any other game. I mean, and we all, we, we always wanted to win, but you really wanted to win that game. <laughs> so <laughs> for sure, for sure. So then post lady Grizz, um, playing days, you got the chance to go play overseas in Romania. So how did that come about and what yeah. was that experience like? You know, I, um, I mean, I always had a desire to just give it a try. I've only played one year, but I'm really glad I did. Um, I wasn't a huge offensive contributor in college. And so I think I averaged right around like 4.4, 4.6 games or uh, points a game as a senior. And I was kind of always a very, a sound player and a very fundamental player and someone that um, I feel like I did a lot of things well. And I just, you know, I could shoot the ball, but it just wasn't, it wasn't my role within our sister, within our team Mm -hmm. um, to be a leading scorer every game. And so I, uh, you know, I I knew that I was going to have a tougher time getting picked up overseas because a lot of those American players are averaging, you know, double figures. And so, um, yeah, I ended up using an agent um, from a friend of mine who uh, played at UW and I used an agent that she had known who was actually based out of France. And I got a contract to play for a Romanian team right away. And just kind of knowing that about myself and my stat sheet, I just decided, well, I'm just going to take it. I'm not going to wait around for, it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about the location. It was about the experience for me. Um, I certainly wanted to play in like a competitive league. And Mm -hmm. I felt like this was competitive, you know, um, we were playing against, you know, the top five teams. I think we were fifth, um, the top four or five teams had some pretty, you know, high level players that came from, you know, good colleges and a couple of girls that played currently or formerly in the WNBA. And so I certainly feel like I got that fix of playing at a high level. Um, but it's different. It's hard. I, I feel lucky that, I actually had a teammate of mine who played at Pepperdine, um, same age as I, as I was, and we were good friends. We kind of kept in touch on and off over the years, but she actually ended up on the same team. And so we ended up, um, 
rooming together and there were two other Americans. One of the other Americans, we were all from within a 45 mile radius of each other in Washington. And so that's kind of a unique thing to be all the way across the world playing on the same team, literally from the same neck of the woods. And so um, that was fun. Uh, but it's just, it's a different, it's a different feel. You know, one thing I love about college basketball is you have four years to kind of like, you're trying to accomplish something every single year. Um, but you know that you have another year to, to, to keep working and to keep getting better. And I think, you know, after that for me and the kind of player that I was and just my situation with, um, you know, just being away from home and how that, how that affected me, um, it's hard to play for a team for one year and, and with girls that, you know, maybe aren't as like-minded as you. And and a lot of those girls haven't played, you know, we had a lot of local players, people from Romania and mm-hmm. um, it's just a different mindset. And so it changes the, that changes a little bit. And I would say for me, I also, I feel like one of the things I love about basketball is the team aspect and the camaraderie. And I feel like, there are teams overseas who um, have a lot of that and 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 have good co- camaraderie, I should say. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think that 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 was hard for me, I guess, if that makes sense. The adjustment of not having a really strong personal relationship with a majority of the players. Not that you're going to be like that with every teammate, but um, right. it's just kind of a different different feel. No, for sure. So now past or post playing days you and your husband have started a gym in missoula right. to help with training um athletes so talk to me a little bit about that how that got started and where it's at now and all that yeah so it's actually kind of a funny story so my husband was at so he's four years older than i am he played football for the u um had a short stint with the nfl or with the tennessee titans and um trained for a year before the lockout happened and, and basically, um, just decided not to pursue a career in the, in the NFL any longer. And so he started just doing a little bit of training in town and, um, he, his numbers just started growing and growing. And so to the point where he felt like he needed some help and he was actually looking for a female employee asking around the athletic offices. And my name came up a couple of times and, so I was, I checked out what he was doing and I, I thought it was really cool. I really didn't have an, an ambition or a desire to do what he was doing specifically. Um, and so a couple of weeks later, we actually met at a wedding. He had roomed with, um, he lived with Brian Qualley in college and Derek Selvig and oh, yeah. um, Brian Qualley married Misty Atkinson, who also played for the Lady Grizz. And so um, we kind of hit it off at their wedding and started dating and, um, we dated all through my senior year and while I was overseas. And when I came back, he had expanded and put a half court basketball court in. And I just started doing a little bit of training here and there. And again, before I knew it, numbers just continued to grow. And I certainly think that, you know, us both playing here for the university certainly helped our, helped the start of our business, you know, um, having the reputations that we did within the community and, and just being a name that people recognized, um, certainly helped. And so, yeah, we, he, he started in one location, expanded and moved, started another location, expanded in there. And then, um, yeah, five years ago, we were kind of, well, I guess we probably started planning six years ago. We were kind of like, well, 
talking to some of our business mentors and, um, you know, we building a 21,000 square foot facility is, uh, kind of intimidating <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a lot. <laughs> we feel pretty fortunate or we feel incredibly fortunate and lucky that we have some really good mentors and really good families that have been a part of the gym, um, to kind of help lead us in the right direction. And I think, you know, just kind of elaborating on that, um, you know, our realtor had an athlete in the gym, our banker had an athlete in the gym, our investor had, you know, an, an, uh, an athlete in the gym. And so I just feel like, um, that, you know, that was, uh, not investor. I meant, sorry, uh, financial, uh, our financial, uh, planner had a, um, athlete in the gym. Um, and so we kind of sat down with everybody and our builder, I should say, I mean, <laughs> our, our, our builder has two kids that are, are playing out in Frenchtown right now and wow. doing amazing this year. And I think that it's just, um, you know, knowing that we have that kind of support people telling us like, yes, you should do this. You know, they obviously didn't want us to fail, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and asking us questions like, well, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Do you see yourself renting this, this facility? And Steven and I kind of looked at each other like, no. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we, uh, we decided to kind of put all our, you know, eggs in one basket and, um, built a 21,000 square foot facility. Steven's got his weight room on one side. I've got the court on the other. I've got six hoops and a lot more space than we did before. I mean, we came from one hoop and tiny little space. Um, and so it allows us to do a lot more within our training. It allows us to do a lot more with the kids hosting open gyms, letting people rent the gym for practices. Uh, we ran some clinics I actually started last night. Um, I'm calling it Missoula minis and it's a little clinic for, uh, five to eight year olds just working on skills and drills and fundamentals. And so, um, you know, that, that it gives us some flexibility to work, to, to do other things, which is really cool. Oh, that's awesome. So how does your husband's football background and your basketball background kind of mesh together for your athletes that you have at your gym? Yeah. So, I mean, Steven works with all kinds of athletes. He's got baseball, soccer, football. Um, we have some golfers, you know, we have, you know, and we have a lot of people that just have a desire to live a healthier lifestyle, you know, that maybe don't have aspirations of ever playing a sport. Um, that's okay. I would say that they mesh together, um, in, you know, a couple different ways. One way being a lot of our basketball players do lift with him as well. And, um, and, and it's fun to see kind of how the weight room uh, benefits them on the court. Um, but I would say the other piece of that is just the, the, the kids relationships, you know, like there's a lot of kids that don't go to the same school and the relationships that they build just from being in the same atmosphere on a week to week basis. Um, we, and the mentorship, I mean, Steven and I hold high standards. We've got, you know, we've got a lot of really good kids and good families in the gym and, um, we hold high standards for a reason. And, um, which means that it's not the right fit for every kid in town and that's okay. Um, but that's, I would say that that's kind of how they mesh. If that makes sense. No, that totally does. So for families and kids that want to get involved with your gym, how do they do that? You know, so Steven and I are not the best at, uh, <laughs> technology or social media. Um, we don't spend much time 
on in that area because I would say that our time is consumed with our children and our family and our schedule working mm -hmm. on um we work around all of our athletes schedules and so we you know we literally train you know train kids when it works for them not when it works for us and so right. um People find out about us, I would say primarily word of mouth. Um, we do have a Facebook page, an Instagram page for both sides and a website, but none of which, none of them are really um, kept up with, I guess. And, and so that's, you know, we certainly try when we have events that come up. Um, we actually just worked on a big project, kind of putting together a brochure with a um, a pricing structure that's new for us in 2023. And so I am hoping that we can kind of revamp our website in the next few months, um, which certainly would help, I think, traffic some more people our way. Um, we do have like an online submission form on there. So I will say that there's a handful of people that have recently started just by stumbling upon our website, but the content on there is not, it's just not where we want it to be yet. So Awesome. Well, yeah. um, I guess I just want to thank you so much for coming on and yeah. talking about your playing days and then what you're doing now in Missoula. It's awesome. So thank you so much. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time to visit with us and letting us tell our story. It's awesome. Of course. Have a great rest of your day. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey guys, Mitch here with Wide Left Sports, and do I have a company I would love to highlight for you. It's called Big Sky Customs. They make lifelike figurines of your playing days, which I think is awesome because every single person, once they're done with their playing days, they miss it. And um, how cool would it be to have a lifelike figurine to commemorate that? And I mean, Rob goes down to the very minute details about it. It's awesome. And the best part is it's out of Montana. Um, so, yeah, if you want to get one ordered, just go to his Facebook page, Big Sky Customs, and start a conversation with him about it. And hopefully you enjoy your lifelike figurine from Big Sky Customs.